1: What to think Some begin to mock And say they've had Too much to drink Peter said These men are not drunk as she supposed Folks Here he comes the preaching And the will begin to flow They call up men in bed And what shall we do Repent and we baptized, Every one of you I, 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 I that Spoke about a puppet joke Oh, oh, You that Working by the coffee shell And lastly, I pour out my spirit to Say it alone Hey, it's been two thousand years And the wind's still blowing The rain's still falling And the rail still flowing The promise has an ended. you can't dispute the facts The fire's still burning Just like the book of Acts He fills you with the spirit You will speak with other tongues That's still the way That the Holy Ghost comes
2: This is that. This is the Tell It Like It Is radio show. I'm Matt Ramsey sitting in for Pastor Simons, who is on assignment tonight. Uh, I think actually, I think he's doing um, some marriage counseling, and uh, he asked me to take over the show for the remainder of the evening. Uh, I want to take a moment before I forget or before we get too far in to invite you to the New Life United Pentecostal Church at 501 Elks Drive. And we have services at uh, seven thirty on Wednesday night and then at uh, ten o 'clock on sunday and that is our uh, we have an adult bible study adult you know bible class and also a children 's church uh, in the summertime and and now this this entire summer we 're going to be all the kids will be going into one room and then we 're having like a different uh Skits and and things of that nature, um, puppet show, um, all kinds of different things for the children, and that will be at ten o'clock. And then at eleven o'clock, we have our worship service. So that's all at five hundred one Elks Drive, the New Life United Pentecostal Church. And tonight, you know, um, like I said, Pastor Simons asked me to take over the show for him, and he asked me to. Do a lesson on on this topic that we 're uh, going to be looking at um, you know we in in christianity and in in apostolic circles um, you know Pentecostal circles, we have sayings that others might not understand or they might think of these things in a, in a different way uh, than how we mean them, so you know new people will come sometimes to Church services, and there'll be things that'll be preached across the pulpit that everyone in the room understands, and and you know we're we're all on the same page, except for the new people, and they're you know some of them are you know they could probably pick it up pick up exactly what we're talking about, but sometimes it's it makes no sense to them. And uh, the other night, this is a few uh, Wednesdays back. We were singing one of these songs that we, we sing quite often um, at our church. And one of the songs that we sing, there's some lines in it that says, um, Holiness, holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I need. Holiness is what you want from me. It's a beautiful song. Um, and, and as I was singing that song, we came to another part of the song where it says brokenness. Brokenness. Brokenness is what I long for. Brokenness is what I need. Brokenness is what you want for me. And when we were singing that, it struck me that there might be people in this room, visitors, that have no idea why an entire congregation of people are singing about how God wants them to be broken, uh, how, why, why they would be wanting brokenness in their life. And the reason for that is because brokenness is often spoken of as sin or damaged by sin or sometimes actively involved in sin. You hear this often, and um, I've got some examples of some um, popular Christian music. But um, you know, just in terms of you hear people or you hear people say about how you know I'm broken, or you know we're just all broken people. You know, trying to do our best. You know, God has grace for us because we're all broken people. He understands that. And they're meaning it in the sense that, you know, there's people who are struggling with, you know, doubts, struggling with fear, struggling with addictions, struggling with uh, family problems, all these different types of things that as human beings as and even as Christians and as people who are trying trying to be Christians or trying to follow the Lord, things that we struggle with. We call it brokenness. So in that sense, why would we long for brokenness and why would brokenness be what you, God, want for me you know um i didn't do like an exhaustive search but there are quite a few songs uh that in in mainstream christianity you know one thing i've, I've noticed is that there'll be like a turn of phrase like a like a like a catchphrase, or there will just be a, a there'll be some kind of um buzz word or buzz term and once uh christian song becomes popular that has that phrase in it there'll be like a like a half a dozen copycats so like one time it was like reckless it was like reckless love reckless abandon reckless this reckless that and you know it, like there will just be these little buzzwords in christianity that you know someone will make a hit and then it's like everyone's like i gotta write a song that talks about that um and i i don't know that it's it, i'm maybe popular or you know pop culture music is has similar things but there's just something about christian music it's uh very bandwagony in in some sense it seems like and there was you know uh, every once in a while there'll be songs about brokenness and for a while there it was like every other song was about how we're just broken people you know sinful people trying to serve the lord um there was Broken Things by Matthew West, Beautifully Broken by Plum, Gracefully Broken by Matt Redmond, Broken Together by Casting Crowns, Broken Vessels by Hillsong, Broken Hallelujah, the Afters. And these songs, uh, for the most part, talked about brokenness in the sense of, you know, problems in our life, like sin, um, uh, setbacks, um, just issues. Uh, In Matthew S. Broken Things, uh, the lyrics here say, The pages of history, they tell me it's true, that it's never the perfect. It's always the one with the scars that you use. It's the rebels and the prodigals. It's the humble and the weak. All the misfit heroes you choose. Tell me there's hope for sinners like me. Now I'm just a beggar in the presence of a king. I wish I could bring so much more. But if it's true you use broken things, then here I am, Lord, I'm all yours. You know, I've just I've got I've got scars. I'm not perfect. You know, I'm a rebel. I'm a prodigal. Um, You know, referencing the prodigal son who who you know walked away um, from his father. Um, You you know, talking about all these things that you know the the brokenness, Uh, the afters, broken hallelujah. Says I can barely stand right now. Everything is crashing down, and I wonder where you are. You know, this song is about. you, You get the sense of this person who is just. Uh, you know, broken by sin, broken by situations, um, you know, in pieces. And mainstream Christianity, it seems like this is the concept of broken that uh, that they're that they're, well, for the lack of a better term, that, that, that they're pushing. Um, there's a popular christian website that you can if you have you know questions about the bible if you want to do little bible studies it, it's okay um, i'm not going to name it on here but it's it's um you know it's a, it's a fairly popular one and they write this about brokenness they say in this world broken things are despised and thrown out anything we no longer need we throw away damaged goods are rejected and that includes people in marriage when relationships break down the tendency is to walk away and find someone new rather than work at reconciliation. The world is full of people with broken hearts, broken spirits and broken relationships. And then they quote Psalm 34:18. And Psalm 34:18 says the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be a, of a contrite spirit. They quote Psalm 51, 17. It says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. And so they go on to say that to us, broken things are despised as worthless. worthless. But God can take what has been broken and remake it into something better, something that he can use for his glory broken things and broken people are the result of sin. This is the concept of mainstream Christianity. They just quote Psalm 34, they just quote Psalm 51, and they say, broken things and broken people are the result of sin. Now, I agree that sin, in in the one sense... Uh, uh, well, in both senses, actually, and we're going to talk about both senses of the term of the term "broken." But sin can break people. Absolutely, it can. Um, sin can break people in the sense that this website is is talking about, uh, and it, it can break people in the in the way that mainstream Christianity almost, uh, um, often talks about. Uh, what this you know Matthew West song talks about, the After song talks about, the the Matt Redman, Casting Crowns, Hillsong, all these people. Yes, sin can cause uh, brokenness in that in that sense but that is not what those verses are talking about that's not what the bible talks about when it talks about being broken it's absolutely not that it's 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 the opposite of that and this wouldn't be that big of a deal except there is so many things like that that you have the a, a truth in the Bible, something that the Lord has for His people. If you would serve the Lord, here is something that He wants you to understand, wants you to know. And you've got people who take that and twist it and 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 for whatever reason, uh, maybe it's a nefarious reason they want to just mix, you know maybe there's a, a a sort of spiritual wickedness behind it. Maybe it's just they want to package it and sell it uh as in you know in my view when they do you know they kind of have these bandwagon songs where you know one comes out like i said and there's a you know does really well so then now, now everyone's going to write a song about whatever that topic is there could be a lot of that and then we just after a while everyone's you, you you've got this kind of um you know build up uh, as it were of false you know false doctrine um but however it happens, uh we have to we have to rightly divide the word. Uh, the Bible says this, right? Um it's important to understand that, you know, again, when when we when we have these concepts of brokenness, we're not talking about the Bible's not talking about being broken in sin. And I'm gonna read Psalms uh thirty four and fifty one again. Uh, just so we can get this get a picture here psalm thirty four and eighteen says the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit and psalm fifty one seventeen says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God thou wilt not despise. we're going to go on to talk about what exactly Uh, the Bible is talking about then, if it's not talking about brokenness in terms of being broken by sin. So what is it talking about? But we'll do that right after this next song.
3: Holy is the righteous God, the Lamb for sinners slain. I will give. Stretching forth my faith in you, though I see the waves and start to sink, you see me through. When distractions come and they try to steal my breath.
2: is Bill Farron, and I believe that song's called The Captain. And this is the Tell It Like It Is radio show. I'm Matt Ramsey sitting in for Pastor Simons tonight. Got a text that Tim's listening, and probably his wife as well, maybe. I don't know. Um, But he he is listening anyway, uh, or was uh, when he texted me. Uh, 501 Elks Drive, uh, the United Pentecostal Church has, uh, some, uh, well, has a church there and you can visit us at seven 30 Wednesday night, 10 o'clock on Sunday, and then 11 o'clock on Sunday. And those are two different services, um, but you can go to both of them. We'll let you talking about the concept of brokenness. And you know, I, we read a couple times like Psalm, um, 34, we read Psalm 51, um, You know, these are the King James versions. Interestingly, the um, other versions of that they they do um, they translate that that verse differently. And in one translation, in the New Living Translation, it it says instead of a a contrite spirit or a contrite spirit, which just means being sorry, right? Being contrite, um, this type of thing. It says it talks about having a crushed spirit. And to my mind, that is a different thing. having a crushed spirit is a is a different thing and so the translation uh is is quite a bit different, and it misses what those verses are trying to get at so i mean if the, if you had a if you didn't know um, you know not all translations are equal uh be careful when you're studying the Bible what translation you use um, I think that the um, from everything that I've heard, read, seen, uh, the King James version is widely regarded as an excellent, excellent translation. Um, there are many other translations that have a lot of questions uh, to them, so just uh, be careful when you are um, studying your Bible. But sometimes, if you just want to see, eh, I wonder what you know. What are the other other ways to look at this verse? Um, you know, just for fun type of type of thing, you can. You know, there's a lot of information out there, but, um, talking about brokenness. So all of these ideas about being broken. So what, what is the biblical concept, um, of being broken? Because it has been co-opted by a religious world bent on elevating sin as a badge of honor. That might be a, a harsh statement. It might be um, incendiary. Um, that might be offensive to a lot of people. But it seems like there we have a religious world that does everything it can to elevate sin and, and make it a badge of honor, rather than a, a, a you know a, a something of of shame that that you know as Christians. We've gone through ourselves. We're here to help you through, um, but it is something that we want to overcome—to to meet head on, to to take care of it, to take care of it at the cross, and and overcome it, not to elevate it and lift it up, and and um, you know, again, just sort of wear it around as a badge of honor. You know, oh, I'm, I'm broken. You're broken. We're all broken. Um, you know, this is not what the Lord wants for us. So what do these verses mean? Um, And many of you, most of you know exactly what these verses mean. Um, But let's go to Exodus 32, 9. Uh, In Exodus 32, chapter 32, verse 9, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Stiff-necked people. Similarly, in Deuteronomy chapter nine, verse six, it says, understand therefore that the Lord thy God giveth thee not this good land to possess it for thy righteousness, for thou art a stiff-necked people. That term stiff-necked, I've just quoted two verses, but it's um, several times in the Bible, the Lord refers to his people as being stiff-necked. And so, this term was originally used to describe uh, a plow animal like an ox, for example, that refused to be directed by the farmer's ox code and so if you get the picture of a of a farmer who has a team of oxen harnessed up to this plow and uh the farmer's trying to get them to to go and and so he's poking them with a stick lightly with a, it's a it's a sharp stick it's got um, Uh, uh, either with a little spike on the end of it, either on the heels or on the neck, to make them pick up speed or to turn in a particular direction. And an ox that would refuse to be directed in such a way by the farmer was referred to as stiff-necked. Like you really had to jab him to get him to turn left or right. And so a stiff-necked animal, or a person, as the case may be, refuses to turn the head in order to take a different path. And so that type of animal was not broken. Um, that, that animal's spirit was not broken. It was a rebellious animal. And so in the context of the Bible, brokenness means being, having your spirit broken, being the opposite of rebellious. doesn't mean being broken in sin. It means being obedient to God. A brokenness of uh, having a broken spirit, having a broken uh, contrite heart, a a broken heart. Um, This is a heart that is not prideful, not puffed up, is not interested in doing its own, uh, going its own way, doing its own thing. Is interested in the things of God, interested in being uh, guided by the Lord, the word of the Lord. It's not going to fight against God. It's going to go to the Lord in prayer. Um, it's going to obey the commandments of the Lord. Uh, a, a broken heart, a broken spirit, and so this is you know almost the direct opposite of what mainstream Christianity uh, tries to portray when they talk about brokenness. No, not everybody. And so I've got a a song here, and I think let's see if I didn't lose it already. I'm going to try to play this one. This is from. Sidewalk Prophets. It's not necessarily like my favorite song, but this song, the lyrics in this song, when it talks about being broken, it's talking about being broken in the biblical way. It's not talking about being broken by sin. It's talking about being, uh, having the Lord, you know, uh, basically being not rebellious to the Lord, being obedient to God. And so we're going to try to play this song here by Sidewalk Prophets. It's called Keep Making Me.
4: Me broken so I can be healed. Cause I'm so callous, and now I can't feel. I wanna run to you with heart wide open. Make me broken.
2: sounds like we've got quite a few more people listening we got um, we have sister Bretts brother Joe listening in Arkansas Uh, we've got uh, the Menards and the Ramses listening Uh, let's see here Um, if I can say hi to all of them and not forget let's see hi to Kashura to Gabe to Kimberly to Tommy to Mary to Vivian to Adeline hi to you uh, kids and then i guess there's a um, couple of other people here um got someone putting in a, a good word for the king james bible for um, the rose um listening so all kinds of people so anyway um talking about again being brokenness and since i don't want to Create this, uh, you know, idea that you know, everyone else is wrong, and I'm the only one that has the right, uh, you know, idea on this. There, there are plenty of people who understand that when the Bible talks about, you know, brokenness, it is talking about a, a broken spirit to God, a, a, a you know, in, an, in obedience to the Lord, uh, the opposite of being re- rebellious. But there's something that has crept in, and I mean, I think I know why it's crept in, but it's crept in to sort of. To make some kind of a uh you know celebrity out of sin in some ways and to you know it's it's to glamorize uh people's you know disasters that they have in their life and there's got to be some middle ground where we're not shaming people to the point where they don't think that they can come in for help or that we're um Somehow, uh, you know, judging them in the sense that we're better than them uh, because maybe we're not going through some of these, you know, uh, you know, destructions, you know, these drug addictions, these broken homes, broken marriages, all this type of thing. There's got to be something between that and making them like the star of the show, like like this is like the best thing ever and you're just going to be living in this and, you know, you know God's going to just, you know, he's going to just have to, you know, give you grace anyway because you're just a broken person and you're just always going to be broken. We have to somehow thread that needle. and I mean, the Bible does. I mean, it's, it's, there is plenty of grace for the sinner. Um, the Christian church should have grace for the sinner. Um, it should have arms wide open. But it also the whole point of this is to uh, a point to a, a life overcoming this sin, and if you are constantly in the thralls of whatever it is, addiction, um, a, a drama in your in your your marriage, in your home, um, I mean, we could just go on and on. All these things that people struggle with if if that's where you are living and you're never getting the victory over that or you're just sort of going from you know one problem to another then perhaps maybe I don't know you I'm not your pastor and I don't want to be a pastor <laughs> uh, I'm thankful for my pastor but maybe you are not broken in the way that the bible says to be broken Psalm 32, 8 says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. This is the Lord speaking. Psalm 32, 8, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule, which having no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with a bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusted in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy all ye that are upright in heart. So don't be like the horse and the mule, which have no understanding. You've got to put a bridle, a bit in their mouth. Um, don't be like a, a, a stubborn horse. Don't be a stubborn mule, a non-broken animal. Don't be like that. Because God says, I'm going to teach thee, I'm going to instruct thee, I'm going to guide thee with my eye. You know, we talk about being guided by uh, the Lord's hand, and we, you know, seeing God's hand in our life. We talk, we we give testimonies about that. We we pray for God's hand to be in our life. God touched this situation, we say. And we understand that uh, God is a spirit, a spirit is without flesh and uh, blood, or does not have a body. Um. So when we say you know, we want God to touch a situation, this is metaphorical, um, but we want God to, to do something, to move in our, in our situations. We want to be guided by God's hand. We want to be directed where to go and what to say and, and do what's good and what, what pleases the Lord. You know, and, I, and I think, about, think of, a, of a rancher or a farmer who um, it d- doesn't use a whip or a stick to guide his animal but just uses his hand to gently touch that animal and just, you know, gives it a tap on the left flank, the right flank, and the animal knows it's broken enough to where just by the touch of the hand it will go where it's directed. You see, that animal does not have to be beaten every time, and don't beat your animals, all right? The Bible's against it, Um, you know, ASPCA is against it, all this type of thing. But, you know, these are animals that that um probably have pretty good lives right they they are you know they're obedient to their human masters, and they' they're just they're they're broken to the place where they can be guided by just a touch of the hand and that and, and just and you know think about how how um, again obedient how broken the animal has to be. But we also talk about being guided by the Word of God, just the spoken Word of God. And, of course, the Bible we we know is the Word of God, and and we can read the Word of God, we can hear it preached. The Bible talks about hearing the preached Word as being necessary for salvation. And probably even being better than, than guided by God's hand would be to be guided by His Word. Just by reading, imagine this, just by reading His Word you know what pleases the Lord, what doesn't please the Lord. Just by reading his word, you can have God speak to you and, 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 the, and the questions that you have, the problems that you're facing, um, you could overcome those things. You know, you're know, you facing a difficult life situation. God, speak to me. Tell me what I need to know about this. Give me discernment in this. And, and imagine being broken enough to where God could just speak to you and you would, you would obey him. You would listen to him. now think of a think of how broken you have to be to be guided not by God's hand not by God's word but to be guided by his eye so first of all where if you're going to be guided by God's eye where does your concentration have to be you know where, where do you have to be looking to be guided by someone to anyone's eye we have to be looking at his face. Psalm 27, 8 says, When thou saidest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. And so, you know, God is interested, the sacrifices of God are, well, we, we read it in Psalm 51. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You know, how do we? How do you sacrifice? How do you give uh, the God who has everything? Uh, how do you? What do you give to God? <laughs> what do you? You know? What do you give to Him for His birthday? Well, you obey Him. That is. That's what He wants from us, right? Obedience. He wants that broken spirit, a broken heart, a broken and contrite heart. And so when we're when we're in and, and, and to, when you're breaking your heart, when you're you. You're seeking his face. What pleases the Lord? Not like what what makes sense in terms of our culture, which if you haven't noticed, our culture is messed up. We could have talked about some of the things that are going on in our culture right now, but it would probably be fairly political, um, and, and I would know, rather probably just keep it spiritual. Um, uh, not that it doesn't have ramifications into the spiritual realm, it certainly does, but you know, We're not concerned what's going on necessarily in in our culture in terms of pleasing God. We don't look to that. We don't look to Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're looking to his word. We're looking in prayer. We're looking in fasting. And, and we're trying to de- determine, Lord, You know, we want to seek your face. We want to be guided by you. We want to be guided by your eye. Because if you're going to be guided by his eye, you have to be looking at his face. God not only loves a broken spirit, he requires it in those who would serve him. And he has the ability and the willingness to help bring about brokenness. 2 Corinthians 12, uh, we read where where Paul's talking about some of the things that he went through. And um, Paul got an amazing blessing from the Lord, amazing revelation. Paul actually got to see into uh, the heavenly realms, into heaven, into, and I'm not exactly sure what he all saw, but he saw something that no other human had seen or has seen. And then Second Corinthians 12 and 7 says, and lest, this is Paul speaking, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of satan to buffet me At least i should be exalted above my measure so god wanted to keep him broken and he knew that i'm i'm opening a spiritual realm here that that no one else has access to and that you know the the best person you know paul is pretty good that god decided to to give you know him this revelation but, but i believe that god felt like you know the best human being that i have on on this earth that's going to go to this, this person's head. And so, he, um, God knows how to deal with that type of thing. And he says, in, in verse 80 says, for this, well, he says that I, I got a thorn in my flesh. He, Paul had some kind of a, a physical uh, uh, ailment. And verse 80 says, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. I prayed God, you know, take it away from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I could maybe even retranslate that, you know, in in terms of what we're talking about tonight. Maybe Paul could say, for when I am broken, then I am strong. Not, Not broken and Paul was, you know, dealing with alcoholism, and that type of thing. He wasn't talking about that. He wasn't talking about, I'm broken because I'm, I'm really tempted to sacrifice to all these other idols. Wasn't broken like that. But he was completely submitted to the will of God. He said, when I am weak, then I am strong. Similarly, talking about how God knows how to break us, if we will put ourselves in the position where we say, God, you know, here I am. I'm, I want to be submitted to you. You have permission to do whatever you want. I'm giving you permission, Lord. Hebrews 12 and 5 says, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourges every son whom he receiveth. God, if God's going to punish you, he's, he's not He's not going to punish you because he hates you. Although he will, I mean, the wicked doers do get punished. But just because you're getting punished doesn't mean you're a wicked doer. You're a wicked person. Uh, if God loves you, he's going to punish you because he wants you to be better. And And part of that process of being broken, breaking your spirit, just like, You know, if we had someone in here that trained animals uh, would probably do a lot better job uh, doing this little Bible study than I am am doing uh, because I'm not an animal trainer. But there is a breaking process. And part of that has to do with um, punishments. And so if God is dealing with you in that way, um, you, you should rejoice in that. He goes on to say in verse 11, now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous and doesn't feel good. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Or, in other words, for those who are trained in this way. It yields something. The peaceable fruit of righteousness. Righteousness is being right. We want to be right with God. We want to do what's right. We want to be, do what's pleasing to him. We want to be righteous. And the only way that we can do that is to be Broken, and I just want to and we we talked about this at a there was a men's um, uh, a bible study that we talked about this, and one of the men there brought up the um the verse in John chapter twelve, and this is where john twelve and twenty three where Jesus is talking about the seed and so twenty three and twenty four well Jesus this is John 12:23. Jesus answered and said answer them saying the hour is come that the son of man should be glorified. And then speaking a, a parable of himself he said And verily verily I say unto you except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die it abideth alone but if it die it bringeth forth much fruit. It goes on to say that he that love with his life shall lose it, and and so on. And so it was, you know, not only of himself, but just this concept of his followers. Where, um, and until you are broken, you are not going to have that that life that that um, that God wants you to have. And so, this is an important concept. Um, again, I just, in some ways, I kind of had to get it off my chest. I guess when you, know, you just hear these um, these fads come up um in in the in um you know Christianity and brokenness certainly was is one of them, was one of them, and it's just uh, again, I think it's important to have a biblical concept of what it means exactly to be uh, broken. But this was the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Um tune in next week when Lord willing, Pastor Simons will be back. And again we are at five oh one Elks Drive and you can come and visit us every Wednesday at seven thirty and Sunday at ten o'clock and eleven o'clock. All right, good night folks.
1: name, cause a wife and I got happily married, in Jesus name, when I sit down to eat, thank God for the meat, in Jesus name, and the strength to keep, picking up my feet, in Jesus name, Everything I say, everything I am, until my dying day, I am and I will be, Lord. I pray. In Jesus name, God washed away my sin that day, in Jesus' name, and I know it's real, this peace I feel, in Jesus' name.